California City is getting ready for the end of cheap energy. I'm Steve Pomplin for Earthwatch Radio. Like many cities, Sebastopol, California, is trying to become more sustainable. But Sebastopol has taken its efforts a step further. The north coast city of 8,000 is developing emergency plans in case of an energy crisis. As mayor last year, Larry Robinson learned about the issue of peak oil, the point at which world petroleum production will no longer be able to keep up with demand. Some experts say that day is only a few years away, and when it happens, prices could rise sharply. Robinson says the city is developing contingency plans. How will the city continue to be able to meet its responsibilities to its citizens for providing things like water and sewer services and public safety, etc., when gasoline hits $5 a gallon, when it hits $8 a gallon, when it hits $10 a gallon, when electricity hits 25 cents a kilowatt hour when it hits 50 cents a kilowatt hour. Sebastopol is converting fire trucks and other equipment to biodiesel. It's installing photovoltaic solar systems on city buildings and wells to keep things running in an emergency. Robinson says it's a pursuit of sustainability on a faster timeline. The issue of peak oil puts the fundamental principles of sustainability, brings them into a much sharper focus. What has to be done are the same things that, that we would have to do in order to become a sustainable society. But the potential crisis that the peak oil event would, would bring about makes all of those issues much more urgent. Sebastopol is the first American city to begin to plan for life after the oil peak. Earthwatch Radio is a service of the Nelson Institute and the Sea Grant Program at the University of Wisconsin. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. <laughs> Let's bring back... To, I messed it up. <laughs> I'm like, should I just go for the wake up part first? Let's see. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Orda Energymon. And this is Treesong. And I'm a little worn out. I spent the last few days on a really steep roof in Cedar Rapids installing a solar system. And I found out I have muscles that I didn't know I had. So <laughs> got home late last night and a little stiff. So I need to do wake up one more time. No, it's just like... <laughs> wake up. So um, we are... Your Community Spirit in the studio of your community radio station. And um, I do want to let you guys know that the fall membership drive will start on Monday. People's, <laughs> people got worried there for a second. but <laughs> Monday, Monday, Monday. So if you give us money early, we finish early, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I hope you like our show. We've been on the air. Um, well, actually, Your Community Spirit started before... I started. Yeah, since last millennium. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually joined in the summer of 1999. So I think it started in the beginning of 99, but I joined because I remember talking a lot about Y2K. <laughs> yeah. And making fun of it and stuff. So that's how I remember when I started. But um, anyway, this has been a fun, exciting trip of your community spirit, and let's get back into it. Occupy updates daily. While people sit in trees to block the Trans-Canadian from completing the Keystone XL pipeline, 
Things have gotten really horrible for those activists in Texas. People have pepper sprayed and tased them after scratching open wounds into their arms, which they have locked together on logging machinery meant to tear down trees. Activists managed to remain calm despite the pain they were in by mutually assuring each other that it would be okay. This seems to be an extremely out of order for the police. These people are obviously not causing any physical damage to people, yet they decided to use tactics meant for criminals on them. Um, so it's pretty interesting that the police have become and are more and more becoming the private army to protect property. Yeah, and it's nothing entirely new. I've seen that sort of thing done at uh, forest defense protests where they use techniques like pain compliance holds or pepper spray or that sort of thing where it's supposed to be only on violent uh, offenders but they use it on non-violent offenders just to try to get them to give up more easily <laughs> it's not good well i mean this has been an issue because i just saw recently in the news that all those protesters who got pepper sprayed the police department is having to pay them something like thirty thousand dollars a piece yeah for their pain and suffering from that officer who pepper sprayed them for like, from like two feet away with military pepper spray, right? Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to mind the budget, do you mind what stop just randomly pepper spraying everybody who's at a protest? <laughs> if it's $30,000 ahead, that may uh, give people... Well, it sounds like now, <laughs> you know, um, a lot of protesters are people who are, you could say, like on the marginal, on the edge of society, that they don't have very much to lose because they've reached a point where they really want to, you know save the world instead of save themselves yeah so you know they are putting themselves on the line and the idea that they could maybe make thirty dollars, <laughs> yeah it's just like i think they it's have like just, a bonus yeah now they've you know a lot of people now are going to be like all right stay in the line you might make thirty thousand <laughs> yeah well it's gonna be like a, a funny thing because the the uh some of the localities might say, well, it's worth it to pay out a few hundred thousand dollars to get these people, you know. And then the protesters will say, well, I want a signing bonus, you know, $30,000 for getting pepper sprayed. So they'll just be pepper spraying everyone. Everyone will be in horrible pain. But oh, man. <laughs> pepper spray is not fun stuff. I've, I've been tear gassed, at the, but I never pepper sprayed. Yeah. And tear gas was by mistake. I was, like, on the strip. I was leaving the strip. I was actually, like, five blocks away, and I walked through a... A cloud of tear gas. <laughs> yeah. You I, can't see it after dark, so. Yeah, you can't. I, I've inhaled, like, a little bit of tear gas, not enough to really get a strong effect. And I've never been directly pepper sprayed. I know just, just cayenne peppers, though, you know, that gives me a taste of what it would oh, be like. Oh, yeah, it's like. Imagine if that was in your sure eyes. you wash your hands before you go to the bathroom and handle yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cayenne pepper has, yeah. Yeah, cayenne pepper on, on soft areas of the body, not good. <laughs> Anywhere. So. I mean, people. I mean, people in the military train regularly to get, you know, higher immunity to pepper spray and tear gas. Yeah. I wonder if uh, protesters are going to start doing that. Well, they might accidentally if they keep having to go to protest because things <laughs> yes. keep going wrong. They get on the job training. It's on the job. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, let's see. We've also got other Occupy news. The Occupy encampment on Market Street in San Francisco is gone. Raided in a surprise visit by police around midnight last night. While many people involved left immediately to avoid arrest, two protesters took up bullhorns to remind police that they were, in fact, protesters, not a homeless encampment. 
Uh, I don't know, not that it should necessarily make that much of a difference. Uh, <laughs> police had been warning individuals that sleeping on the sidewalk is illegal lodging. Police moved quickly to prevent backup protesters from arriving on the scene. Backup protesters? <laughs> yeah. They like getting organized. Yeah, they do. You take one away, another one appears. It's, it's funny how it works. <laughs> um, this is what we talked about before. UC Davis had reached a settlement with 21 student demonstrators who were leisurely pepper sprayed <clears throat> by a police officer last fall. Each of the victims will receive $30,000 with their lawyers or their attorneys splitting $250,000 in lawyer fees and an additional $100,000 set aside for anyone else who may be able to prove they were sprayed in the process. <laughs> this settlement is about a million dollars. Yeah. It's like... Well, you know, a million dollars for uh, pepper spraying people instead of just waiting a little longer and finding another solution to the incident. Uh, well, maybe... I, I wonder if the officer who actually did it is going to have his pay docked from now on. Like... <laughs> Like, the police department were like, you did it. It wasn't policy. <laughs> I mean, if, if if that happens in any other job, you do something that's not allowed, you know, they can dock your pay from then on. I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the fate of that officer. He did he did either resign or get put on administrative leave or whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's something to think about when you're out there and thinking, well, you know, I'd, I'd rather just pepper spray everybody. You, you might want to think twice. <laughs> I don't think about it, period. But, all right, now I have to think twice about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I've never found myself standing in the street with a can of pepper spray saying, you know what, I think I'm just going to go hog wild here and just spray everybody. Hog wild. <laughs> Consumerism is a major issue in the U.S. with billions, if not more, of dollars being spent each year. So what, what uh, conditions are the stuff that being made... Being a consumer, we do not normally see or even consider, you know, what we buy, where it comes from. So, is it important to consider that? Hmm. No, why, why peek behind the curtain? You know, it just appears by magic. We we don't want to know where it comes from. <laughs> I mean, it's got to it's got to the point where you know a new product comes out. It it's like a. Uh, cultural orgasm i mean <laughs> yeah it's like woohoo the new iphone something or other is out yeah well it's a joke about mac users but it's really true of consumerism in general the new thing comes out and some people are honestly like oh don't don't even tell me what it does it's the new thing i want it you know i want to buy it right now <laughs> and uh it's it's kind of ridiculous and thinking about the consequences of where those things came from can help limit that <laughs> um i mean that's something i first started doing when i started studying permaculture is you look at an item and instead of just looking at the thing itself, you start thinking about energy flows. Like, where did that item come from? How did it get to you from there? What went into creating that item? Uh, you just There are all these little lines of energy that led to the creation of that item being in your hand. And uh, it's, it can make a big difference. You know, uh, different types of electronics, for example, or uh, food bought from different locations. The item itself can look kind of similar. But it can be very different in its ecological cost. I just recently saw a smartphone bamboo phone. Like, the whole case was <laughs> oh, made yeah. out of bamboo. I've never seen it in person. I've heard they exist. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. It wasn't a case that you put over an existing phone. It was the actual phone case was made out of bamboo. Uh, yeah, that's pretty so, good. Yeah, it's like an actual renewable resource that's, I mean, yeah. bamboo is like... Yeah. People who know anything about plant biology know that bamboo 
reappears a little bit more quickly than oil. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit. Just like. Um, speaking of money and debt, student debt is setting records left and right. Earlier this year, it broke the $1 trillion mark. Now another record has been broken with the news that l- nearly one in five people are saddled with student debt. The study also shows that the debt disproportionately affects the young and poor, a sad thing, of course, to see in this sluggish economy. So um, education is important, but I don't know if education that you end up being saddled with a debt for the next, you know, sometimes 15 years for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they're just stuck trying to pay that back. Yeah, and I've heard there are countries where people aren't saddled with that debt after their college-level education. It's a wild rumor I've heard floating around on the Internet. <laughs> can't believe the stuff you read on the Internet. There's, there's, there's stuff that you can... Basically, if you want to find something that proves you correct, you yeah. can find it. Oh, it's there somewhere on the Internet. <laughs> Just like Flat Earth, you know, all of it. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Well, speaking of the economy, though... Uh, the economy grows more slowly than expected thanks to the drought. Uh, earlier this year, the government projected the nation's economy would expand at a rate of 1.7% during the second quarter. Uh, instead, it was 1.3% annual pace, uh, possibly even less than that, depending on which estimates you read. Um, it declined, uh, crop production declined $12 billion over the quarter, data showed, due to the summer's severe heat and drought. $12 billion. Yeah. Wow. I do know everywhere I was driving around the Midwest, I was seeing, like, corn that was just not corn. I mean, it was stocks. Yeah. You know, so. I, I've seen some of that, too, yeah. Yep. And it's people, I, I liked this article because people still tend to have this division in their head between economic issues and environmental issues, as though destroying the climates and putting it wildly out of whack is not going to affect the economy. Well, when people are starting to realize that, when they see all those uh, corn stalks out there and realize that could have been corn, <laughs> uh, it really makes you think. Yep. So, And because it's part of a trend, people are starting to try to prepare for how to deal with uh, this being a yearly thing, the economy losing that much. That Literally, they expect that we lose 1% of our gross domestic product due to climate change. Yeah. That, I mean, based on the trends we already have. Yeah. So they're projecting that same trend. Of course, if it exponentially gets worse, the trend will change. But you only can, you know, extrapolate based on the data you have, right? Yeah. So that sounded really smart. Extrapolate (laughs) based on the data you have. And I didn't read that. (laughs) So ice isn't the only thing melting in the Arctic. A recent estimate from climate researchers suggested that the melting of Arctic sea ice could result in the warming equivalent of 20 years of CO2 emissions due largely to the loss of huge swaths of the color white. White, you'll remember from elementary school, reflects light, including sunlight. More white means less absorbed heat. So I have a question. Mm. You know how, how many CDs and DVDs do you have sitting around that are no good anymore? <laughs> you know? And yeah. if you look in the back side, they're really reflective. Could we just do a mass collection of them and just, like, spread them all over the North Pole? We could. All those AOL CDs reflecting the sunlight Yeah, they probably (laughs) float even. Yeah. You know, you'd punch a little hole in them and hook them together and create this big blanket. Yeah. 
There was actually a couple of years ago a very serious scientific proposal to take all the styrofoam in the world <laughs> and put it somewhere, <laughs> like in the ocean, have... like yeah. you know, so that it will reflect back all the light. We might have to do that. I mean, we might. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice to use the existing Arctic ice to do that. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like, could, we have snow machines. Oh, yeah, we could just crank up the, sh the snow machines yeah, and just if we full could, blast. If we could just get <laughs> solar-powered snow machines. We have more sun on the North Pole now. And s solar works better the cooler it is. Solar electric does. And so as long as it's sunny, we could just solar power these snow machines and it just shoots out the snow. <laughs> and then the reflecting makes the solar work better because it's doubling the light because you have the light reflecting back out, in, you know. And so I don't know. I think I've just, shh, I need to go patent this real quick. <laughs> yeah, it'll all work out now. We've solved the climate crisis. Just like. <laughs> you heard it here first on your community spirit. So the the big difference between snow melt and sea ice melt is the fact that the, the snow, sea ice is getting thinner and thinner and less resilient every year. It seems inevitable that the melting trend will continue. But the long-term buildup of greenhouse gases might not be the whole story for s spring snow melt. Quote, the atmosphere and the ocean do different things year to year, and it can also affect the snow cover in ways that are independent of greenhouse gases. And let's see, that quote was... So one of the things is um, this scientist is not sure that this dramatic trend of recent years will keep its downward spiral. So that's the good news. Yeah. He thinks it might not. There's one scientist. All right. <laughs> so, so I'm not even going to worry about it. Yeah, I'm so it must be fine then. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. You got the next one? There? Okay, let's see. We have for sale. Ocean floor ready for drilling. Let's see. If you're free on March 20th, 2013, you, here's something you can add to your calendar. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from the ocean floor. Ocean <laughs> leases. Yes, March 20th, 2013. The government is auctioning drilling leases for the Gulf of Mexico. Come and get it, come and get it, come and get it, come and get it. 7,000 bids, 7,000 blocks. Yes, 7,000 blocks going up for auction. Uh, and it could eventually produce between 460 million to 890 million barrels of oil because we don't have enough uh, uh, carbon emissions going out into the atmosphere. Uh, during the last Central Gulf lease in June, energy companies offered more than $1.7 billion in high bids for more than 2.4 million acres. Uh, spending was spurred by pent-up demand for acreage after the previous Central Gulf, Gulf lease sale was canceled because of the 2010 oil spill. That's right. There was a massive oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. It wasn't there. I don't remember that. Yeah. What are you talking about? That was, that was decades, centuries ago, wasn't it? Uh, it was like on Earth Day. Yeah. <laughs> you would think there would be like this massive uprising. It was yeah. actually on Earth Day. Well, BP knows how to throw a party for Earth Day. <laughs> and now ever since then, all the remnants of that party, the tire balls, are <laughs> creeping up on the shore like little creatures from the deep. So all that delicious oil, yours for the extracting, you know, if you have millions and millions of dollars. Now, you could do what that guy did last year. Do you remember him? Yeah, Tim DeChristopher. He, he actually won the bid and then didn't have the money to pay for it. So, you know, he's in prison. But yeah. <laughs> um, he was able to show that the whole process was skewed and 
problematic. Yeah. Yeah, he brought a lot of attention to the issue nationally because of getting arrested for it. Uh, so if you want to impress all your friends and go to jail for a really long time. <laughs> or, you know, have millions of dollars and you want to buy the ocean floor. Yeah, if you're, you know, an eccentric billionaire who likes the environment, you can just buy it all and then not take out the oil. <laughs> I think I'd probably want to invest in solar. It probably has a return then, and then you could, you know, get that money and buy some more solar. Yeah. I don't know. But there is nonprofit organizations who are buying carbon credits and taking them off the market. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you could do like the uh, like they've got for rainforest where you buy an acre in order to protect it. You buy a plot of land in the middle of the ocean to protect it. <laughs> it's like, what do I do? With it? It's like I bought an acre in the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, you can go visit it sometimes, scuba diving. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. So, um. Now, it's a joke to do what I, Tim did, you know, unless you want to go to prison. I mean, yeah. you know, solitary does suck. So, but, all right, shocker. Fox News misleads audience on climate change. Oh, my. Brace yourself for some shocking news. Coming to you live from your community spirit. A new study on Friday found that two major publications of Rupert Murdoch's news corporations greatly misled their audiences about climate change. The Union of Concerned Scientists combed six months of Fox Broadcasting News and a year's worth of Wall Street Journal editorial. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's a job. I feel bad for their sanity. (laughs) Just like six months of Fox News Oh, man. Noble, noble service in the name of science. I wonder if at the end you get your views changed if you watched <laughs> it for six months. Um, so they scanned both the six months of Fox News and a year's worth of Wall Street Journal editorial pages for mentions of the science of climate change and global warming and then compared each claim to mainstream scientific understanding of the topic at hand. Here's what they found. Fox News... 93% misleading. Wall Street Journal, the opinion pages, 81% misleading. Everywhere I go, what I hear quoted back to me as scientific fact is often wrong, said Brenda, a U- Union of Concerned Scientists staff scientist who presented the study to an audience gathered to discuss the state of climate communication with Time Environment editor Brian Walsh and Harvard oceanographer James McCarthy. That, to me, is ver- is so discouraging, end quote. Um, what's especially creepy about the study is how the low bar- the bar is for what constitutes accurate. So, <laughs> it's just like... Um, <laughs> yeah, they basically have to question either the reality of climate change itself or the fact that it's caused by largely by human activities or advancing other arguments that dismiss climate science in general. So it's not like they were factually incorrect about saying, you know, like 17% instead of 20%. You know, they're saying that it doesn't exist at all or that humans aren't causing it. Well, even better, after releasing the study, the author led a group to stage a markup of all the errors in in a recent Wall Street Journal, which was roundly rebuted by the very scientist that's quoted. So they literally said, you know... Here's what the scientists said, the Wall Street Journal. And then the scientists were like, um, here's what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. So it's like they actually, I mean, if you misquote someone that bad, I guess then they go to the, 
I mean, if you have systematic approach of misquoting people, I mean, yeah, can you be news? <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, is it's the opinion piece. So people are just stating their opinion. Yeah. But it's in a newspaper. Yeah, so people think it's news, especially like it's the editorial of that newspaper. It's like, well, the people who run this newspaper are saying this. It must be true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now after hearing this story, people may know better. (laughs) All right. Oh, I do want to mention some sunshine and then get to the holidays. and. Yeah, let's read some headlines. Yes, headlines. Saudi Arabia turns to its other natural energy source, the sun. Whoa, they've got sun there? Yeah, I've they heard, th- I've heard they do. Okay. There's oil. There's also a little bit of sun in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Georgia Power makes a big bet on solar. Georgia Power is investing heavily. They're actually doing 210 megawatts of solar by 2017. Yeah, and that's a lot of solar. Yeah. And uh, we also have another, if you sign up for the newsletter, uh, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, uh, you can get this uh Inuit perspectives on recent climate change. It's, and it's a personal story. It's really a nice story. Yeah. It's also available at skepticalscience.com. It's a personal detailed story about uh, their experiences both at, with the Inuit culture uh, as an indigenous person and with exploring the science at the same time. Today is Friday the 28th of September and today is National Women's Health and Fitness Day. see sunday is the anniversary of the gutenberg bible (laughs) monday is fall astronomy day well because monday is already october huh yes so remember to look up at the sky on monday monday is also the un international day of older persons world card making day and world vegetarian day (laughs) so you make a card and then you eat it Wait, vegetarian is more than that. I'm just teasing. (laughs) I wonder if if it's also a hug of vegetarian day, uh, because that exists too. Uh, World Vegetarian Day would be a good day for that. Um, You know there's a separate day for hug of vegetarian day. You want World Vegetarian Day to be hug of vegetarian day also? Uh, Yeah. Oh, (laughs) everybody, tree song's a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) Just like every day is trug a tree. Chuggish. <laughs> Every day is Chug a Tree Song Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's also the anniversary of the CD player, uh, and not the not the CD. Not the, the C- you're gonna play CD CDs if you want. Oh, I thought you said the CD player, oh. like someone who's a player but kind of CD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So. All right. Um, the anniversary of the Model T Ford is on Monday. Tuesday is Intergeneration Day and National Custodial Workers Day. Hmm. All right. Yeah, so let's see. Got also coming up on oh, Thursday is the anniversary of Sputnik. So sending a satellite into outer space. All right. Happenings International Coffee Hour on Fridays at 3 p.m. at the Inter... At the Northwicks Annex Building B on the SIU campus, come and welcome new international students, and that's every Friday 
from 3 to 5 p.m. I don't know why it's coffee hour for two hours. But <laughs> you just you're only allowed to come for an hour, <laughs> I, unless you're an international. Then you can stay longer. Wait, <laughs> everybody's in an international. Everybody's even international. Americans. <laughs> it's they extend it two hours because it's so much fun. <laughs> All right, the open mic night is coming up tonight at 6 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Uh, this week's theme is Native American Day. Includes songs by Native Americans and about Native American history and culture. As always, non-theme performances are also welcome. Tonight at Guy House Interface Center, <coughs> Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner. It's now a membership dinner, membership cooking club. In order to attend, you must be a Guy House member, but membership has many benefits and only starts at five bucks a month. So yes. Um, um, this week's theme is Mediterranean Sun Foods. We're celebrating the sun in honor of the Heartland Solar Tour and all the gifts we receive from the sun. It's not really that sunny today, so it might be a little hard to cook some things. But anyway, foods from the Mediterranean um, at 6 p.m. at the Guy House. Hmm. Also going on tonight, we have salsa dancing. It happens Fridays at 9 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Uh, food, fun, and salsa dancing. If you don't know how to salsa dance, it's not a problem. Lessons start at 9, and the dancing starts at 10. Uh, $5 for a night of dancing, and students get a discount. Saturdays from 8 until noon in the West Town parking lot, it's the Farmer's Market. We're counting down towards the end of the season, but they have veggies until the end of November. I always think the beginning of November, but it's always the end of November. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. So that's a couple months still. Yeah, you still got time. And you also have time to make it out to the Vigil for Peace. It happens every Saturday at noon at the Town Square Pavilion, corner of Illinois and Maine in Carbondale. Uh, the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois holds a vigil every Sunday, uh, ex- excuse me, every Saturday to bear witness to the cost of war and hold out hope for the promise of peace. Also coming up, we have Community Cinema, Half the Sky. Uh, this is a series of different showings that they're doing, but the first one this year is Half the Sky. It's coming up this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. at the Carbonale Public Library. Now, I especially wanted to be sure to mention this because I've read the book Half the Sky and haven't seen the documentary yet, so I really want to see it. Um, it's, uh, it's basically it's a landmark series based on the book by New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristoff and Cheryl uh, Wudong. It, uh, the subtitle is Turning Oppression into Opportunity for Women Worldwide. It basically follows these activists as they travel through six countries to meet inspiring individuals confronting oppression and developing meaningful solutions for women and girls through health care, education, and economic empowerment. So that is at the Carbonale Public Library uh, this Saturday, that is tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Movie night at the Gaia House next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Next Wednesday is already October 3rd. Hmm. The movie will be The Lorax. That's right. Movie night is back, and next week we'll be watching the new Lorax movie. The new one. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, the new one. Yes, the new one. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Children of all ages. I think I just became a child. Are <laughs> yes. invited to attend this modern retelling of the Dr. Seuss classic about protecting and appreciating the natural world. There will be free popcorn as well as drinks and snacks available for purchase from Gaia Cafe. If you have any suggestions for future movie nights, of course, let Gaia House know. At least once a month, probably do movie, huh? 
Yes. Right. I, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. <laughs> also got Native Plant Sale coming up not this Saturday, but next Saturday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Murdale Shopping Center. Sponsored by uh, Green Earth and Keep Carbonia Beautiful. This Saturday? No, that's next Saturday. Oh, yeah. Pre- we wanted to mention that because pre-orders uh, are due midnight tomorrow for the Native Plant Sale. And you can uh, uh, go to the website of Keep Carbonia Beautiful or Green Earth for more information. Yeah, they have 21 different native species. All right, this has been another exciting, hopefully informative, hopefully like um, we wormed our way into your brain and you're going <laughs> to think of us from now on. I'm sorry about that. But if you missed any of the show, we are on at yourcommunityspirit.org. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we'll see you on the radio next week. <laughs>